Hello and welcome to Dive Into Development. My name is Chris Davis and we have an awesome interview coming up with Queen City Mutiny's Keith Beatty. But before we get to that, I just wanted to briefly mention the weekend that the Carolina Champions League just had. We finally had games uh, for the 2021 spring season and uh, it was awesome. Uh, There was some concern leading up to the matches in Goldsboro on Saturday and Shelby on Sunday respectively that the awful weather we've been having for what seems like forever would affect the fields. But thanks to the Parks and Rec departments of both you know, Goldsboro and Shelby, respectively, the fields were in awesome condition, and we were able to host 93 league games over the weekend. And uh, it was just awesome, you know, being out there, seeing all the different uh, teams play, and you know, uh, interacting with the players, the coaches, the parents. And uh, just on a personal note, it was nice to see live soccer. I think it's the first time I've seen live soccer in over a year. So uh, it, it was a wonderful time. And uh, thank you to everyone who helped make that happen. It was a great experience, and I can't wait to get out there again. But uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Keith Beatty. And joining me now is Keith Beatty, the Academy Director of Queen City Muni. How's it going, Keith? I'm doing fine, Chris. How are you? Thanks for having me on today. Doing great. Thanks for joining us. I'm really excited. You're our first club that I've interviewed for this podcast. So uh, I'm really excited to get into it and learn more about Queen City Mutiny. Awesome. Looking forward to kicking off. Hopefully I set a good bar. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Uh, Before we get into the mutiny, I'd like to get to know the person that I'm interviewing. Uh, And a bit of the Googling I did, I saw that you've been a technical or academy director for youth soccer and futsal all over the country. So I was curious, what attracted you to Charlotte and the Queen City Mutiny specifically? Sure. So, well, Charlotte is separate than Queen City Mutiny. So I actually grew up in the Charlotte area. Mm. And then I moved away. I moved to Boston, lived in LA, moved back to Boston. And then uh, with my wife's work coming back down here was... Uh, which actually ended up didn't end up happening. She actually still works in Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> uh, came down, and when that was coming about, I was in the area, and then just with Queen City Mutiny, the at that point in time being a DA club, that's what I was really focused on because of my past, as you can probably see from your research. But mm. I um, was intrigued by the niche market that they were in in terms mm-hmm. of how they were focused in terms of like one, one age per, excuse me, one team per age mm-hmm. and how they were training actually ended up being a by part of it. I actually didn't know a whole lot about how they trained and how they wanted their teams to play, but the philosophy of the club and how it was run and the organization of all was what initially brought me to it. It peaked my, it was the peak of my attention with them, right? So I was like, oh, okay, like how it's run, the organization and so forth. And then once I got to see the inside of it, how the actual club is run in terms of the training sessions and how they want their teams to play football or soccer Mm -hmm. was not the initial interest, but it actually Mm -hmm. ended up being in line with how I've trained my futsal clubs and the soccer or futsal team or football teams that I've coached throughout the year. So that was just something that was more coincidental than Mm. something that actually caused the merger of myself and Queen City Mutiny. Okay. So is there anything like more specific on what that philosophy is that you can share with us? Something that makes Queen City Mutiny unique? Sure. Uh, Well, on an individual level, the focus Mm -hmm. for Mutiny is to grow the individual player in the context of a team sport. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're playing a team sport. Yeah, you can't take that out. Like you, you can't just have eleven individuals on the pitch playing. 
Yeah. You can, you, they each can have an individual role and that varies by age. Like the younger they are, they don't sacrifice their role in the team mm. for their individual development. But as you grow, maybe not necessarily individual development, that's the wrong word, but their individual plan for that day, mm-hmm. they have to change to suit what the team needs against the given opponent. The higher right. they grow, so the older they get, the 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s, 17s, and so forth, that changes. But if you're talking about your younger U9, U10, yeah, they have a structure as a team, but as individuals, like, all right, this is you specifically on an individual developmental plan. This is what you need to do today. Mm-hmm. That's all they have to worry about. And if they do wow. that, they win, great. If they do that and they lose, great, because they've done what they need to do to improve. But then the older you get, you say, hey, this was your plan today, but it actually hurt the team aspect at yeah. an older age. And that's where a delicate balance comes in. Yeah. And that's what the coach has to take into consideration. But when it comes to how they play, it's always putting players in a situation to where they are both stretched as well as enjoying what they do. Because if you overstretch them, they lose the enjoyment. Yeah. If you only provide them enjoyment, then you're not stretching them. So it's a balance. Yeah. And the way that we like to play football is in our view the best way to do it. When I say best view, that's with quotations. Because right. Best is uh, subjective, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting, though. That kind of reminded okay. me of the interview I just had with Ahmad, which I don't know if you've been able to listen to because it just came out. Okay. But like, I'm not. one of the things that he mentioned, uh, kind of a philosophy for uh, the league, particularly in the younger ages, is focusing a lot more on development than just how do I get my football team to win? Like, you know, more of just focusing on development. And it's interesting. It kind of sounds like at a young age, that's similar for y'all as well. It's more about focusing on how you can become, you know, a good soccer player. And as you get older, meshing that better with the team. So that, that's interesting. It is. I want to match up a little bit on what you touched on there, because it's not only just for the younger ages. We take into consideration with older ages that maybe right. some kids need to play up because that's the mm-hmm. stretch. Maybe mm-hmm. some kids actually need to train down because maybe they're new to the club and they're not to the same technical standard of the other players or whatever, maybe maybe mm-hmm. physical or understanding of the game intelligence. Maybe yeah. they need to play train down a year so they can improve and be able to play at their own age. Cause if we were to put them at their own age, they wouldn't be able to get the development that we see that they need. So yes, mm-hmm. the game and the individual is what we spoke about previously. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to the individual growth, that remains consistent throughout all the ages. It's just about how we go about getting them where they need to be. Again, they could Mm -hmm. be playing up. They could be playing age appropriate. They could be playing down. In our opinion, that's a misconception within the sports. Like, oh, you're born in 2008, let's just say. You have to play 2008. No, you you don't. Tell me why he has to play at his age. Yeah, because it all depends on where his level's at, right? Yeah, exactly. It depends on where he is along the developmental thing. And it goes to just like education and schooling and so forth. It's like you need to be on level with everybody. No, you don't. You need to be on the path that is best for you to be the best you can. Because Mm -hmm. let's be honest, how many players go and play professionally? Yeah. That's the 1%. Our focus is we are utilizing sports to make better young men and young women. Hands down. So the way that it's coaching, it's like, hey, we want you to be a great player. Yes, we want you to be a great player, but we also want you to walk away from the club, whether that's going to play professionally, going to play in college, or mm-hmm. just, you know what, you say, I'm done with soccer at high school, but I'm going to go on and do something else. Happy days. As long as you walk away from the club, a 
better man or a better woman, and you are a good person in society, then we've done our job. And mm -hmm. I think that is an honest view that maybe needs to be looked at in the mirror. Because like I said, how many kids are going to go play professionally? You can't treat everyone like, oh, this is what you're going to go do. This is what you're going to go do for the rest of your life. No. Yeah. But you can teach, you can utilize this sport to teach them skills and principles that will make them a better husband, wife, friend, leader, whatever you want to call it. Okay. That, that kind of sparked a couple of different questions in my mind. Uh, but I think the one I'll go with for now is, so with that in consideration that, you know, not everyone's going to be Lionel Messi at the end of this, like, no one's ever going to be Lionel Messi. <laughs> All right. Right. But, but even a, you know, USL player, what I'm saying is like, so with those other 99%, whatever it would be, or all of them, you're, you're focusing on making them better people, not just players. What do you guys do to do that? Is there any sort of community outreach or different things like that, that the mutiny does? It's finding players from all types of life and environments and financial standards, wherever they may be, they're mm -hmm. open to everybody, but it's about the skills, which you teach them. So it's mm -hmm. not saying within this game saying, Oh, you know, you should have beaten this opponent. This opponent did this. You need to do this tactically saying, yeah, I think it's more along the lines of how you teach them and what approach you provide. So if you're saying, all right, this is what the opponent did. The opponent did X. Mm -hmm. What's the solution to it. Mm. You so force just like help think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's just one way of solving a problem. Cause if you go into an engineering field, you need to figure out how to find the solution without yeah. relying on someone to provide you the solution. I think sometimes coaches get looked at and say they're the uh, end all be all of they have mm -hmm. all the solutions. I go, no, even me, like I'm sitting on, I can sit in training and I'll go up to a player. And if he can give me a valid reason why he did something, he's the player who's in the middle of the pitch has nine, 10, seven players in front of him from the other team. And he can see something that I physically can't see. Mm -hmm. So why is it okay for me to say, oh, I'm right because I'm the coach. Right. I can guide you and maybe I don't even guide you. Maybe I allow you to show, tell me and then I figure out from what you're saying whether or not you are seeing something that I couldn't see or maybe you just can't see it and then that's where I can come in and say, hey, this is what you probably should be looking for. Okay. Or on the other side of it is dealing with adversity. Mm -hmm. They need to look at advert when I say they, meaning players, look yeah. at adversity as a part of life. All right, you got beat one nil. You got beat seven nil. You won seven nil. You won one nil. What what did you get out of that? Mm. Are you going to be better tomorrow than you were today? Mm. And at any of those score lines. If you're not better tomorrow than you are today, then that's where uh, an analysis has to come in and say, why is that? Why right. are you not better today than you were yesterday? Hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like, it sounds like uh, it's rather than just uh, because I said so, it's teaching them critical thinking, which I think is something everyone can benefit from, you know, learning how to do that sort of thing. Uh, does that kind of play into... Um, like I imagine, and I, I, for just to let you know about me, I did not grow up playing soccer. I played basketball when I was younger, but never like at a club level or anything like that. Just you know, at school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I imagine if I was, you know, a, a certain age when I was a kid, 
playing soccer and I was told I needed to play down in age, that probably would be a bit of a blow to my self-esteem. So do you kind of use the critical thinking aspect as ways of uh, guiding players who might need to play down a level or something like that? I think when it comes to those delicate conversations, that's mm-hmm. not one where you have a, and this is not from saying I am right. This is just yeah. my feeling on it is that in those delicate conversations, speaking specifically about players playing down because there's that connotation that it's bad. Mm-hmm. And that's a societal problem. Not so much. Yeah, absolutely. You soccer problem. Um, you have to be a little bit more straightforward with it. Yeah. You say you're playing here for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And then you say, because of A, B, C, and D. Oh, and okay. You also have to give a time frame at the end and say, when is it going to get reevaluated? You can't mm. say you're going to play down foreseeable future and no, it's yeah. foreseeable future, but we will review in four weeks or we will review in six weeks, depending on how you uh, periodize, periodize your training and your matches throughout the season, whether it's mm. macro or micro, depending on how many weeks you utilize. And I think if you do it that way, uh, it can be more receptive. Of course, there's always going to be, oh, no, no, I want them to play, but that's fine. Yeah. They will, but there's a, there's a consequence to it. Yeah, there's a consequence that your kid may not develop at the the rate that you want it to mm. because going on another somewhat tangent, but we're kind of really focused on development. Mm. It sounds like is development is not something that happens in six months. It doesn't happen yeah. in a year. You come in, I say, hey, it's probably a minimum three year plan. That's when you can start to see a development. It doesn't mean that you won't see it sooner. But if you don't within a year, it doesn't mean that something's wrong. Yes, there should be incremental, of course. I'm not saying you should be, like I said, be better today than you were yesterday. Mm -hmm. But if you want to see where those big uh, peaks are, those come two, three years, depending on the training. And there's a lot more factors, the execution of the players, the support system of the family. Combining all those together, that's your golden nugget. And that's where they can come the the players that grow quicker have a tendency to have all three of those lined up good support system with the family um good training environment devotion to long-term growth and consistently wanting to be better across all factors psychological technical and then you know like your four pillars but psychological Mm -hmm. being big because i think Mm -hmm. starts with your head and that's me speaking from my soapbox yeah go ahead the psychological means a lot within the game but Physical is there, technical there, and it's tactical there. But I think physical isn't one you necessarily have to look at. If a kid is naturally uh, physically bigger than other players, that's a benefit that he has or she has over other mm-hmm. players. But they shouldn't rely on that. Fill in your weaknesses, utilize your strengths. Don't focus on your strengths and hope your weaknesses are going to get better. Well, that, that sounds real good. I th- That's just some, uh, the other part of the thing that popped in my head was I, I imagine dealing with that, you know, like you said, it's a societal problem, not a youth soccer problem. It could be something that can be delicate, but uh, so- sounds great. Um, I'm curious because you mentioned before we started recording uh, that you wear many hats. Uh, that uh, I was wondering if you... I can take it off if it's you guys. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so like you mentioned that, I mean, of course, we already said you're academy director, but what other hats do you wear with uh, the Mutiny? 
Uh, so before I came to the mutiny, I was a scout, uh, scout analyst, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a scout analyst for Arsenal. So oh, wow. within our developmental plan, mm-hmm. we build out personal pro, uh, portfolios for players. Mm-hmm. So on top of being the academy director, which comes in like logistics and overseeing X, Y, and Z, everything that you can imagine. I also look at the analysis of the individual players training sessions each night, mm-hmm. uh, each week, and then looking at the games, analyzing the matches, and then creating reports from there. Hmm. That's just one. Wow. That, that's a <laughs> one of the high ones. That's one of the bigger hats. <laughs> right. So uh, how long have you been with the Mutiny? Uh, as of January 2020. Okay, so pretty recent then. Well, I, I guess that makes sense if your wife's still working up in Massachusetts. It couldn't have been years and years and years. Otherwise, you know, somebody would have had to make a move. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah. Exactly. yeah, she's going back and forth. Yeah. So I'm curious if you happen to know then, what inspired the name Mutiny for the club? Uh, to do something different. As you can imagine what mm-hmm. Mutiny is, you created yeah. Mutiny against the quote-unquote standard. Okay. Sounds good. I, I, I was just curious because like, you know, some names, you know, they're just, you know, whatever town United or football club or something like that, but you guys have mutiny. And the only other mutiny that I can think of uh, was a uh, former uh, PDL team called the Myrtle Beach Mutiny. And okay. I think a lot of that kind of had to do with their location more than anything because, you know, it makes you think of pirates. But um, it could have been there that was too, in Tampa sure. Bay. There was one in Tampa Bay as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, the what, MLS, right? Uh, yeah, well, that, I, Tampa Bay, I think it was Tampa Bay Mutant. I think that's actually what's yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's see. I, I feel like we kind of already touched on this, but I'm going to ask anyway, just in case a little more clear. What would you say would be like the vision or mission of the mutiny to provide all types of players mm-hmm. a pathway to play sport or play soccer? Say sport, mm-hmm. but sport itself to provide them a pathway to play soccer, to allow Mm -hmm. them at whatever age, whatever financial status, whatever geographical status, to be able to take part and play in a sport that they love. And maybe they don't love it yet and not forcing love on them, but allow them the ability to enjoy it if they want to. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like we've mentioned, to be the best person they can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What was that? I said in brief. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, yeah you said sport not just soccer because like you guys have futsal as well is that correct mutiny does not have futsal oh. there is a idea that mutiny has their own futsal it's that oh. players who play with mutiny that also play in a futsal club called charlotte futsal oh okay they technically are not the same it's just that players happen to play in both gotcha because of the geographical uh, training locations or the training oh, locations okay. for Charlotte Futsal are in close proximity. I see. I see. Yeah. I think I, I saw as well that you've done some work with Futsal as well. Are you involved with that? Not that one. I, oh, okay. before I ran a Futsal club for about seven years and then I helped mm-hmm. run um, some, an association in the Northeast with one of my best friends. So I've oh, been okay. deeply entwined in Futsal in Massachusetts. I mean, it's different yeah. there. You can't play soccer outside after makes sense after yeah Halloween. so you go from november until probably the first weekend of march uh yeah door. so futsal isn't a extracurricular up there it is 
quote unquote mandatory if you want to get any soccer like activity. They're very different, like they're very similar, but at yeah. the same time, they're very different. And it's a right. delicate balance. You can't be a soccer team player and go, oh, I'm just going to play this sport. You may be good yeah. at it, but you also have to understand that it is a different sport and it needs to be be treated differently. Mm-hmm. But how they can benefit one another mm-hmm. is greatly linked. So there's really no A or B with that. It's just you have to you you. This is one I will have to say. You have to have that type of view in them, right? Have to see that they're different, but also see how they benefit one another. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That- I had don't know a lot about futsal. I mean, I knew it was indoors and it's looks similar, but very different. But, uh, that's, I, I never would have thought about basket, it. I mean, similar to basketball, right? Five players. Um, you can, the only difference is the subbing you can sub on the fly in futsal. Oh, okay. But you, one player has to come off before the other one can come on like hockey, mm. I guess kind yeah. of like hockey, right? Um, there's only one timeout. You get one mm. timeout per half. So there, wow. there are similarities with hockey, with basketball. So it, it's a it's a neat mix. I think it's a sport. Yeah. That it, it's growing in the U.S. I know that's not what mutiny is, but you kind of right. It's my interest with it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, it, it. I think it's a sport that actually America will end up enjoying more because what do Americans like? Uh, high scoring sports. They basketball. do. I don't think if baseball was our national pastime, we would actually like baseball. Uh, in my yeah. <laughs> that's why they changed the rule in hockey to make it more scoring but it's really quick right hockey mm-hmm. quick even though the scoring's not high the pace of it is quick yeah and that's what futsal is like there's a lot of some people don't like soccer because it we they don't like that it doesn't score a whole lot or as consistent because the pitch is so big well, yeah football's small it's about a basketball court and a half of like a mm-hmm. regulation size so it's very quick there can be high scoring or there can't be, but again, it's kind of like uh, hockey. If it's not high scoring, it's very quick action, action packed. Hmm. That, that sounds cool. I kind of want to check it out now, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that, that's one thing my little brother. What's that? There's some stuff coming around the area, so it's probably oh, okay. Ready. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, that's one thing my little brother always complains about. He doesn't understand why I like soccer. He's like, you could watch something for 90 minutes and end up 0 0. And I was like, well, it's not just about the scoring, it's about, you know, the exactly. styles of play and whatnot, but. You know, everyone's got their things. Mm-hmm. But um, let's see. Kind of looking here to see if there's anything I haven't covered here. Um, I feel like you've kind of touched on this as well, but how would you say the mutiny measures success on and off the field? Ooh. Uh, well, I think we touched on why on the mm-hmm. field yeah. is by the player's growth. Yeah. Because we we meaning the coaches are mm. the the buck stops with them when it comes to their development but mm-hmm. not 100 percent because right. again the players have to execute we can yeah. put them in the right environment provide them with the right tools but the players have to execute mm. um off the pitch is did we do the best for that player and their family mm. did we consistently communicate with them did we provide them with feedback did we allow them to get the most out of what they came to mutiny to do mm-hmm. and that's what we have to have an honest conversation with more or less every player uh, each yeah. year to say all right what are you here for are you here because you want to try to make it into the mls are you here because you want to utilize this to get a scholarship to go to college are you utilizing this because you want to be the best player in high school 
Are you utilizing this just because you want to be the best player at mutiny until you stop and that's it. And then if we ask those questions and we provide a pathway and we continue through and they were able to achieve what they wanted to achieve in, in hindsight, obviously, then I think we were successful off the pitch because you don't invest in a player because again, mm. they, it's a young man. It's a young woman. You invest mm. in the family. If you invest in the family, you take, because I mean, it's, it's a sacrifice for families. Yeah. We have some families who travel three hours to train with us. Then we have some who travel five minutes and on weekends, they travel two and a half hours, three hours. Like we have a tournament coming up where it's going to be, if they drive, I think like a six and a half, seven hour drive. Yeah. They want to fly. Obviously it's shorter, but I mean, yeah. sacrifice. And if yeah. it's all like, Hey, you have to go to this I and mean, you have to be honest, whether we're in this time period that we are with COVID or not, mm-hmm. you have to be honest. If some families say, you know, I just, I, I can't make that sacrifice. Like, it's okay. Just, you have to be understanding of that because family is first first and foremost in i think mm-hmm. it's, that's a societal thing family is first and foremost it's not oh here's a play he's got to go do this do this oh he's the best player on the team he has to do that blah 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 he's the most effective you know your standard lingo that you hear you have mm. to commit to the player and commit to the family Wow. Yeah. That's something I didn't really think about, but yeah, it isn't just about the individual players. It's about their whole families. That's, that's interesting that that's how you equate success is not just that individual player, but the whole family. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, you, you mentioned COVID. Um, everyone's <laughs> been affected by, I mean, honestly, I didn't have that written down as something to talk about, but, uh, I talked about it a little bit with the mod last week, but, uh, how has, uh, COVID impacted you guys and how have you overcome that? Ooh, that's a, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> uh, how we've adapted is quick to our feet and uh, gone with our gut in terms mm. of training players, keeping to the highest standards when it comes to what is the health as well as like making sure that we're keeping the correct standards with the yeah. distance and players when they need to, how it comes with players entering, exiting, you know, all your standard things that you're hearing now that are becoming the norm. Yeah. And in terms of training and development, I mean, we all were off for what was it? Eight months, six months, whatever it was like mm. everything closed down in was it March of 2020. Yeah. And we didn't come back into what July was it? I think July, August. I wasn't with the league back then, so I'm not sure. July or August, something like that. I mean, just in general, that's kind of when things started to ramp back up about that time. So we had to utilize the analysis that we've been doing of players because you physically couldn't have them do things with one another. So you had to keep them engaged uh, mentally so that Mm -hmm. they could read matches and teach them how to watch a game. Because how many, I mean, more, more than not, the average player watches football yeah higher percentage of them do but how many of them actually watch it in a way to be entertained or do they yeah. watch it in a way that is for them to be to grow their under their game intelligence right and that's what we put a focus in and say hey this yeah sure don't go not watch a game because you want to enjoy it mm-hmm. do it i'm not saying don't do that but if you're not able to train get another game watch it this way Watch mm-hmm. it in a way that allows you to analyze maybe the position you play 
or find your favorite player, even if he's not on your favorite team, which you see a lot of, ironically, um, <laughs> and have them watch that player from an analytical point of view so that they can understand, oh, why is he doing that? Why is this happening? Why isn't he doing that? Oh, why is he making this mistake? Or maybe why isn't he receiving the ball? You know, any, mm-hmm. a multitude of questions. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's, it's definitely something I've, find interesting how people you know coped with that and now that we're in like this kind of next stage where like it's not back to normal but we're you know adjusting life how a new normal people do that yeah new normal i've 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 heard that one so much like i think even uh, i go to unc charlotte and they were like doing some sort of marketing for when to come back to school and uh their mascots norm the niner and talking about the new norm with him and it i don't know Uh, that's funny a little silly but yeah (laughs) but uh (laughs) yeah but uh I think the, yeah. the old normal is the past and where mm. we live now is normal. Yes, things will change, yeah. but uh, it's not like, I guess it isn't the new normal anymore. It's just normal. How it is. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. How it is. I think that's, better, that's <laughs> a better way to put it. Rather than saying new normal, it, it is. It, this is how life is. Yes. For the yeah, un- future. Yeah. Until something happens. I don't know. But um, that's pretty, we pretty much covered everything that I, um, I had little notes here of ideas I wanted to talk about. And I think we've pretty much talked about all of them. Is there anything about the mutiny we haven't covered that you'd like to share with the listeners? I think, I think you asked some fairly good questions. Uh, I liked it. The, obviously I, I, I was happy to be asked to come onto the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are big fans of the CCO Carolina champions league as uh, just for what it provides to the Carolinas and the teams across the state allowing mm-hmm. them a, a league that allows them to develop and grow and it's convenient that it's not too far away um no in my opinion no not really i think like i said you asked some pretty good questions and you cut them out of me so i was i'm gonna leave it there all right sounds great well thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today um and thank you listeners for listening and uh you've listened to dive into development and we'll have a episode for you next thursday Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you.